Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be giving you my NBA Finals review, all that went on between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics, and also, I'll add my WNBA insight there, uh, all that's taken place, and some of the latest news as well, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so as promised, we're going to talk some WNBA action, so uh, let's get into it, shall we? So let's talk about all 12 of the teams. Um, so far, this year has been pretty exciting in the WNBA, uh, some teams rising up, uh, some teams meandering, so uh Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the number one team right now in the WNBA, and that would be the Las Vegas Aces. Las Vegas Aces, as of this recording, uh, thirteen and three. Uh, Asia Wilson. I mean, you know what? <laughs> it it seems like every time I'm on uh, Facebook, I see. Uh, a clip of her just going off. She is on an MVP tear, guys. She's already has one in her coffer. I think another one is uh, soon to come. Uh, she's just been tearing it up. Um, she's been totally in her bag all season long, carrying that team. Um, also, you have the three-guard alignment there of Jackie Young. Uh, Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray. So that lineup for them has been lethal. Um, the unsung hero, I think, in that line lineup is Dierica Hamby. Uh, she's been solid up front. The big concern, though, is their bench. They're going to need bench help here. Um, not sure what they can do in that regard. Uh, doubt if there's any major players that's out there that can help them right away but um, I think that's where they're weakest uh, Becky Hammond her first time out as a WNBA coach and it's been, been a seamless transition for her um, she's been able to come in and kind of seamlessly do the job all big thanks to Bill Lane Bear for uh, stepping aside and letting her come in and have that transition. So I think big kudos to Bill Lane Beer for being that bridge for Becky Hammond to come in. Also, big ups to Becky Hammond for making the being inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. So big congrats to her in that regard. So the Las Vegas Aces getting it done, guys. Um in the WNBA. So then we have the next team, Chicago Sky. Chicago Sky looks like they're back at full strength now with uh, both Kalia Cooper and Julie Alleman back in the fold from being overseas. So they're back at full strength. 
Um, James Wade, he's doing an excellent job over there. They're the defending champs. Um, Emma Misa Men has come in, and she's blending in nicely with this team. Of course, all things begin and end with Candace Parker. Uh, she's still leading the way over there, of course. Courtney Vandersloot is coming up big down down the stretch and really playing well. Uh, the only caveat, Allie quickly needs to pick up her play a bit. Uh, I think that, that'll come in due time. But Chicago right now, I think as the defending champions, they will be a problem all season long. Um, that's for sure. So, uh, of course, this is a t one of the teams I think could be standing when all is said and done at the end of the season. Then let's talk about the Connecticut Sun. And they're off to their usual strong start as always. Jonquel Jones playing well, as she always does. Uh, and she's the defending MVP uh, winner in the league. So um, she's doing her thing there. She's getting help from, of course, Alyssa Thompson, Dewana Barner, and Brianna Jones. Um, Kurt Miller, the coach there, he really has them playing well. So um, Connecticut Sun is, you know, they're always amongst the top teams in the league. But the always the question with them can they get over the hump and can they be one of the last few teams standing? That's always an issue with them. So we'll see what happens there. And then the fourth team I'll talk about is the Seattle storm. Who's starting to get hot right now. Uh, of course, Brianna Stewart, of course, she's catching fire as of late, as well as, uh, Jewel Lloyd, her as well. So, um, yeah, you got both these players playing well, and of course, Sue Bird made the announcement uh, about a week or so ago that this is going to be her last hurrah. So, uh, Sue Bird probably want to have her go out a winner. So, um, but Seattle is really playing well. Uh, the coach Noel Quinn has really got them playing solid basketball. So, Seattle Storm will be one of those teams that'll be a fly in the ointment of course so a team to look out for and then from there we'll talk about the Washington Mystics the Washington Mystics off to a great start thanks to the return of Elena Deladon um, Elena Deladon one of the fine talents in the league um She's back at pretty much full strength, so, and that's showing as far as the standings for the Mystics. Uh, they're getting great guard play from Ariel Aikens and also their floor general, uh, Natasha Cloud. Um, Mike Tibalt, he's really got them playing right now. He's incorporating the rookie, uh, Shakira Austin, who's playing well for them as well, so. The Washington Mystics, a team that uh, it's kind of under the radar a little bit, but as long as they got a healthy Elena Deladon, they're going to be a problem. So, so there's that. Next team I'll talk about 
is the actually the Dallas Wings. The Dallas Wings are playing well right now. Uh, all thanks to Enrique Ogumbawale, who's playing very well right now. Alicia Gray as well. Also, uh, Marina Mulberry and uh, Vicky Johnson really got these guys. You know, they got them in the mix. Um, Dallas Wings, who, you know, Many weren't touting as one of those teams, but uh, Vicky Johnson really has them playing well. So kudos to them in that regard. So that's a team we need to be paying a little bit of attention to there in Dallas. Next team I will talk about is the Atlanta Dream. The Atlanta Dream right now, they're, they're off to a surprising start under first-year coach Tanisha Wright. Um... Uh, Tanisha Wright out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, um, coaching very well for them. Uh, they're led by their rookie sensation, Ryan Howard, the overall first pick in last year's draft, as well as, well, this past draft. And then Cheyenne Parker, who's also playing well for them. So the Atlanta Dream surprising some folks. Um, with their play. And then I need to talk about the New York Liberty. New York Liberty, who started out really slow, but has really turned it on as of late. Um, and this is under their new coach, uh, Sandy Brondello, her uh, previously the Mercury Phoenix. It seems like now she's got the team playing her brand of basketball. They're headed by Sabrina Inescu, the mercurial guard for them. Um, and right now she's playing well. And they actually, um, like as the season went on, signed Crystal Dangerfield, who was a uh, rookie of the year a couple of years ago in the bubble. Uh, now they're, now Brondello is starting both Inescu and Dangerfield together. And that has really um, change the fortunes of this team right now. So you still have a Natasha Howard who's playing solid. You did lose, uh, uh, but Benija, uh, Laney, you, you lost her for eight weeks with a knee injury. So you did trade, uh, Asia Dura to the Atlanta dream. You traded her there and, you now have Marine uh, Giannis, who's uh, playing well for them as well. And then, uh, I just tell you what, um, they're going to be a sneaky team there. Um, now that they're really taken to Brondello's coaching. So, they're going to be a sneaky, tough team if they continue to figure it out as they've been doing as of late. So, they're a team that's going to be... Uh, major as far as that goes so now let's talk about um the la sparks la sparks has to be one of the disappointments of the season i really thought they would be a team that would be up amongst the top eight but that's not the case um they did fire Derek fisher and rightfully so um 
I and it's funny because I was on um, one of the WNBA pages. I say, I said, like after the first week, I think that two coaches may are on the hot seat: him and Marion Stanley, uh, both of which did get fired and replaced. So um, he was replaced with Fred Williams as who's the interim coach now. Aneka Uwamike, um, she's playing like an all-star, as always. Liz Cambridge and Jordan Canada, they've been solid additions, but the problem for them, no depth. They have no bench whatsoever, so um, so I think that has been an issue for them, for the Sparks. So... Uh, so they're one of those teens languishing towards the bottom. And then you have the Phoenix Mercury. And I got some breaking news as far as the Phoenix Mercury goes. They struggled coming out of the gate. Um, they struggled with uh, seven straight losses early. But they started to turn it on for a little while. But now they're back to meandering again. They're led, of course, by their fiery star player Diana Taurasi who's 40 years of age so she's getting closer to the end than um, now so uh, Skylar Diggins Smith who um, of course she's the floor general for that squad um, they're getting they're, they're getting good production from newcomers like Tina Charles and uh, Diamond DeShields but this bit of news that just came in, uh, Tina Charles and the Mercury has parted ways. They have parted ways. This is after 18 games played. They're now 6-12. and 12. So they, um, they announced just a little while ago that the franchise and Tina Charles has agreed to, to terms on an immediate contract divorce. So... Um, and she was playing well for them. She was averaging 17.3 points per game, 17.3 rebounds. Um, all season long, they've been without Brittany Griner, but she has filled in admirably for her nonetheless. Um, but uh, she signed a one-year deal, $108,000. Um, actually, last year, she led the WNBA in scoring with 23.4 points per game while playing for the Mystics. And then, she, of course, she didn't play in that bubble season in 2020. So the big question is, what happens now with Tina Charles? I don't think she's she's left them to kind of retire. I think she wants to go somewhere where she has a real shot at getting a WNBA championship. Here, here's what I'll put out there. Here's what I'll put out there, guys. I think she could possibly end up in a place like... She could end up back in Connecticut. I, Although Las Vegas Aces could use her. She could end up like a place there. I don't see Chicago Sky being a place that she can go... Um, Back, will she go back to the Mystics? That's possible. That's possible. And they sure can use her. Um, 
So uh, that situation bears some watching because um, I don't think she's going to be on the sideline for long. So, so with that said, and then you have the situation with Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, we know back in February, right around when the war started between Russia and the Ukraine, she was detained for having um, drug paraphernalia, if you will. She had vaping products and so forth. So, my whole thing with that is, she's been going back and forth there, uh, playing in Russia. Um, now, all of a sudden, you want to call her out on this stuff? So, uh, I don't buy the fact that this is just happening to her and she's all of a sudden detained for this. I think she's gotten a pass up until now. Up until now, the fact that, you know, Russia's in this war now, so uh, Russia wants a bargaining chip to hold over the U.S. So I think um, this um, detaining Brittany Griner is that chip. So um, it's unfortunate. She's been there over 120 days now being detained. Lord knows what's happening to her over there. So um, I'm like many who say uh, just free her and bring her back home safe so um so uh again that's a situation that bears watching and hopefully the folks um uh, the folks in the white house or the diplomats or whoever can need to get on the ball and bring her home uh safely back to us so so there's that bit of uh, information in that regard so so with that said um, I have two more teams to talk about um, the Indiana Fever um, Indiana Fever I said they fired uh, Marianne Stanley uh, as a coach replaced her with Carlos Knox um, the story for them it's pretty much Kelsey Mitchell and the kids so Remember, they had the big draft where they had the five rookies, um, Nalissa Smith, Amy Exler, uh, Queen Egbo, uh, uh, Destiny Henderson, and, Alexi, and Lexi Hall. Um, both Smith and Egbo have been starting for that team while they've been bringing along slowly Exler, Henderson, and Hall. So, um, you know, you figured they were going to take their lumps and bumps. You know, the fact that they have these five rookies there. But Kelsey Mitchell has been playing well. So, uh, definitely it's been a help. But, um, yeah, so Indiana Fever, you know, one of the bottom feeders. But, you know, they're they're developing their players right now. So. And then the last team I'll talk about is the Minnesota Lynx, who uh, Cheryl Cheryl Reeve, I've been trying to figure out what she's doing over there with that team, shuffling players in and out. Uh, right now, there's only been four players that, that has played every game this season. You have a diminished uh, Angel McCartry there. Um, she's only played two games for them. Uh, this is Sip. Sylvia Fowles last season, so you figure she would go out with a bang. Not to be the case. Uh, they 
They have been getting solid play from Kayla McBride, Mariah Jefferson, and Ariel Powers. But, again, with this players being shuffling in and out, players being cut, brought back, cut. It's just been no continuity over there with the with that team. So, thus the poor record. So, um, so that's all the news as far as the teams go. I will talk about the All-Star, um, the All-Star voting that's just took place for the WNBA. We have that in, um, amongst the co-captains will be Asia Wilson along with Sue Bird for one side and then Brianna Stewart with Sylvia Fowles on the other side. So, I'm of the, the opinion that they're probably going to do it like the NBA does it and does do like this draft, so to speak. So, if that's the case, um, um, you probably have uh, the two co-captains drafting along with the other two co-captains. So, also amongst the All-Stars are... Sabrina Inescu, and she's of the New York Liberty. John Quell Jones of the Connecticut Sun. Uh, Aneke Agwumike um, of the LA Sparks. Um, Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young of the Las Vegas Aces. And then, of course, Candace Parker there. So, um, the rest of these... The bench, the reserves, those will be announced later. But they did make a point to mention that Brittany Griner will be a honorary starter. So, so, um, so they're gonna honor her at the All Star game, and rightfully so. So, um, yeah. So, so that's the All Star starters. Those are gonna end up being the starters. Where they end up, we don't know yet. So, um, and then the reserves will be announced later. So, and then we'll, t I guess we can talk about that once the reserves are announced and teams are laid out. So, and those games will take place in July. I want to say it's July 10th, the All-Star game. Um, it falls on a Sunday, I believe. Uh, yes. July 10th is when the All-Star game will be played. So, uh, should be an exciting one. That's for sure. And an emotional one. But with the Brittany Griner situation. So, alright guys. So, that's going to do it for me. I promised to do a WNBA session. Uh, so, we got that in the books. So, a lot of content here for you guys. So, continue checking out the podcast. Uh... Probably next time you hear from me, of course, the draft, obviously, will be breaking that down. Um, and, of course, I have my NBA review. That's out there as well. And then free agency starts in the NBA, guys. So, probably going to do some spots here and there, but uh, not as frequent. So, I just wanted to get these few episodes out there for you to listen. So, all right, guys, I'm done. So 
Thank you once again for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Okay, guys, so we had the NBA Finals played, uh, and of course, Golden State comes out triumphant, four games to two over the Boston Celtics, so let's talk about it, shall we? Here we go. So let's start with game one. Game one takes place in Golden State, and Boston actually wins game one. 120 to 108. In that game, big stories coming out of that one. Um, field goal percentage, Boston shooting over 50% from the field, whereas Golden State shoots only 44.3%. And I mean, in that fourth quarter, they were just hitting everything. From three point range, Boston couldn't miss. 51.2% from three, while Golden State only 44.2%. And in that fourth quarter, um, actually, after three quarters, Golden State was actually up uh, 92 to 80. But Boston comes and scores 40 points in that fourth quarter, outscoring them 40 to 16. And in that quarter, they hit 9 or 12 from 3. Good gracious. I was watching that game. I was like, they couldn't miss from 3. So, um, so let's, let us talk about it then. So, in that game, actually, Al Horford led them in scoring with 26 points. He From the field, he shot 9 of 12, 6 of 8 from 3, along with 6 rebounds. Jalen Brown, who came out, came into this game like on fire in the beginning. Uh, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 6, no, 5 assists, 2 steals. Derek White off the bench, 21 points for him on 6 of 11 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, and then Marcus Smart, 18 points for him with 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. So. And actually, they got a subpar performance from Jason Tatum, their star. Uh, He only scored 12 points. He shot it 3 of 17 from the field. Man. Uh, He did have 13 assists in that game with 5 rebounds. So, So, uh, all around, very good performance by Boston coming out the gate. And then for the, the Warriors, Seth Curry... Steph Curry, rather, uh, 34 points, so he had a hot game. Uh, he dropped seven threes in that game. Actually, he was 7-14 of 14 from three-point range with five rebounds, five assists, and three steals. So, Curry coming out the gate hot. Andrew Wiggins, 20 points for him, five rebounds with three blocks. Klay Thompson, 15 points, three assists. Uh, Jordan Poole. Coming off the bench, only nine points. And then Draymond Green with a dreadful first game. Uh, four four points uh, on 2 of 12 shooting. He did have 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals. So, so uh, not the grandiose start for Colton State. But in game two, they right the ship and come out and 
beat the brakes off of Boston, 107 to 88. Now in that game, uh, Golden State Warriors shot it uh, from the field 45.3%, whereas Boston only a mere 37.5% from the field. From three, um, it, it, it is funny, both teams shot uh, 15 for 37 for 40.5%. So, um, very interesting how that went. But the overall percentage in the favor of Golden State. And in that game, the turnover story, Golden State actually, um, actually had 12 turnovers to Boston's 18. And then that game, it was the third quarter where uh, things broke loose for Golden State. They were leading at halftime only 52 to 50, but in the third quarter they outscored Boston 35 to 14. So that kind of blew the game open right there. So, and then in that game, uh, Seth Curry, Steph Curry, I keep saying Seth, I don't know why, uh, 29 points. He had five threes in that game along with six rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Jordan Poole with a better game in this one, 17 points. He had five threes in that game. Kevon Looney, he goes perfect from the field, 12 points with seven rebounds. Um, also had three steals for the Warriors. And then you had Klay Thompson, not such a great game, 11 points, four of 19 shooting. One of eight from three. And then Draymond Green. A little better game. Nine points, seven assists, five rebounds. So, and then uh, Andrew Wiggins with only 12 points and six rebounds. And in this game, Draymond Green gets into it with Jalen uh, Brown. So, he, um, and then it was said he had already had a tech at that point. Um. He was close to getting a second tech, but didn't get it. So Boston obviously were complaining about that. Uh, for that game, Jason Tatum, 28 points to lead Boston. Um, he he uh, sank six three-pointers in that game, along with six rebounds, three assists. Jalen Brown, 17 points for him, but he only shot at five for 17 from the field. Three of nine from three, along with six rebounds and three assists. Derek White with uh, uh, not the great game he had in game one. 12 points where he shot at four of 13 from the field. Four rebounds with two blocks. And then uh, both Al Horford and Marcus Smart, who had the great first game, they combined for four points on two of ten shooting. Although Al Horford had four rebounds, whereas Marcus Marr had five assists. So, so that's how that went for the Boston Celtics in game two. So we are all even now with the series coming to Boston. Game three, Boston takes 116 to 100. Uh, so, in that game, Boston shoots from the field 48.3% from the field, whereas Golden State 46.2%. So, slight advantage for Boston. Uh, and then from three, 
uh, slight, even slighter advantage for Boston. Um, well, actually, no, for Golden State, 37.5%, whereas Boston, 37.1%. I think the difference here was the rebounding. Boston had 47, whereas Golden State, 31. And then in this game, after three, the score was 93 to 89. And then Boston goes on uh, with Boston leading by four. And then they go on a tear in the fourth quarter, 23 to 11. So um, Boston getting the win there. Jalen Brown with a solid game, 27 points. Very good game, actually. Four threes he dropped in this game with nine rebounds, five assists. Jason Tatum, uh, uh, also a good game, very good game. 26 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Marcus Smart, 24 points for him, seven rebounds, five assists. Al Horford with, a, with 11 points, eight rebounds, six assists. And then Robert Williams III with a solid game. Eight points, ten rebounds, four blocks, three steals. So, uh, solid play there. For Golden State, Steph Curry, uh, 31 points. He dropped six threes in this game. Four rebounds, two steals. And then late in this game, he actually injured his foot when uh, Al Horford came down on it. So... Um, so Steph getting hurt in that one late. Clay Thompson, he has a very nice game. 25 points where he dropped five threes, three rebounds, three assists. Andrew Wiggins, 18 points on with seven rebounds, two blocks and two steals. Jordan Poole off the bench, 10 points, three rebounds, three assists. And Draymond with a a poor outing here, so two of three games he has kind of a poor outing. Two points, four rebounds, three assists. I think it's more so Draymond trying to be the irritant against Boston instead of playing his game. So uh, I think this game is here where Draymond kind of woke up out of that and started playing his sort of game. So, um, yeah, so. So, with that said, we move on to Game 4. Game 4, also in Boston, but Golden State takes this one, 107-97. to And then for Golden State, they now have a 20, 27 straight playoff series where they won a road game. That's pretty good, guys. Very good stuff. Um, from the field, they shot 44%. Boston shot 40, so that kind of gives you an inkling there. And then they out-rebounded Boston, um, whereas they got rebounded game three. Uh, the Warriors have 55 rebounds to Boston's 42. And then in this game, again, we're close at the, after three quarters, 79 to 78. But Golden State turns it on. And scores outscores them twenty eight to nineteen to win the game. So, and in this one, Steph Curry goes ballistic. 
43 points he drops in this game, which is a playoff high for him. He dropped seven threes in this one. And a lot of the damage he did really came in the second half. Uh, he had 10 rebounds and four assists. Clay Thompson, 18 points for him. He dropped four threes in this game, and he had two blocks as well. Andrew Wiggins, 17 points for him. 16 rebounds to lead all players. Jordan Poole, 14 points off the bench. Draymond Green, he only had the two points, but was very effective. Nine rebounds, eight assists, and four steals. That's more Draymond-like now, so... And then you have Kevin Kevon Looney, who who ended up um, he's been coming off the bench late in this uh, series. So six points, eleven rebounds. So Steve Kerr kind of switching it up. Uh, he been using Otto Porter as a starter, starting games. So um, kind of tweaking things. Uh, that's just the type of coach he is. He's not afraid to. Switch up on you and go with whatever's working for them. So, uh, kudos to Steve Kerr for that. Then you have Jason Tatum uh, for the Celtics. He led them with 23 points. He only shot it 8 of 23 from the field, but four of those were threes. So, with 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks. And at this point, Jason Tatum says it's a whole new series now. So, which it which it became at that point. Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, twenty one points for him with six rebounds. Marcus Smart, eighteen points, five assists, four rebounds, four steals. Derek White with sixteen off the bench, and then Robert Williams the third, seven points. 12 rebounds and two blocks in that game. So so the series is now knotted up going back to Golden State for game five. And in game five, Golden State takes that 104 to 94. Uh, in this game from the field, Golden State with the advantage, 46.6% from the field, whereas Boston shot 41.3%. Um, in terms of free throws, I think this is kind of the story, too, a little bit. Golden State, 13 of 15 from the field, whereas Boston was 23 of 31. So, Boston on the road, <laughs> going to the line more than Golden State, but missing 10 of those free throws, which um, kind of the difference. A um, bit of the difference there. So, uh, and then after three quarters, again, close game, 75 to 74. But in the fourth quarter, Golden State outscores Boston 29 to 20. Therefore, uh, getting the advantage and winning the game. And this was a weird game. Um, Andrew Wiggins actually led them in scoring 26 points with 12 rebounds. Clay Thompson, 21 points, and he shot, he made five threes in this game. He had three rebounds with two steals. Steph Curry, only 16 points. He was 7 of 22 shooting, um, 8 assists, 
four rebounds, two steals. But he was also 0 for 9 from three-point range, which was uh, a bit telling because, and then even Andrew Wiggins was 0 for 6. So you got your two star players going 0 for 15 from the field, yet the team still wins by 10. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? That's not good news for Boston. It really isn't good news at all. So um, I said, yeah, I think the series is over at that point. So, and then you had Gary Payton the second uh, with 15 points off the bench with five rebounds and three steals. So he had a solid game there. Jordan Poole with 14. Draymond Green again playing like Draymond, eight points, seven rebounds, six assists. So um, right now, Golden State is in a groove right about now. And actually, the difference in in that game was the aggressiveness actually of Andrew Wiggins uh, taking 23 uh, field goal attempts. So he was definitely looking for his offense in game five and did so well for the most part. For Boston, Jalen, no, Jason Tatum, 27 points for him. He drops five threes in this game with 10 rebounds, four assists. Marcus Smart, 20 points, three rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, 18 points, didn't shoot at all that well. He was 0-5 from three-point range, 5 of 18 from the field. And then you have Robin Williams III, 10 points with eight rebounds. And then Al Horford, nine points, nine rebounds for him. So you have now um, Golden State going up three games to two now. Um, the momentum is turning in Golden State's favor. Now they head back to Boston to um, for Boston to perhaps prolong it and make it a seven-game series, but that was not to be, guys. So Golden State goes to Boston and gets that win on the Boston floor, 103 to 90. Um, one of two teams to actually win their championship on the Boston floor. The other team being the Los Angeles Lakers of the Magic Johnson Kareem teams that did that. So, um, at, uh, so they went at 103 to 90 at the half. Uh, Golden State with a nice cushion of a lead, 54 to 39. So they came out the gate smoking and kind of held court in the second half. There was times where Boston's were making runs, but Golden State would hold them off. So, um, so in this game, Steph Curry with it once again playing solid, 34 points. He dropped six threes in this game, including a clinching three late in the fourth quarter that kind of seals the win there. He has seven assists, seven rebounds, two steals, so solid all-around game. Andrew Wiggins filling the stat sheet, 18 points. He drops four threes in this game. Six rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. So Andrew Wiggins doing, doing it all here. Draymond Green with a 
tremendous Draymond type game. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 blocks, and 2 steals. So Draymond coming up big in game 6. And then Jordan Poole off the bench, 15 points with 3 rebounds. Klay Thompson, only 12 points. He shot 5 of 20 from the field, only 2 of 8 from 3 with 5 rebounds, 2 assists. And then when he wins, he he uh, uses the phrase, I haven't heard this in a long time, holy cannoli, we won. So uh, that's a nice marketing opportunity for somebody. Get some uh, Clay Thompson shirts with the phrase, holy cannoli. So, uh, so f- for Boston, Jalen Brown with a... Herculean type performance, 34 points. He drops five threes in this game, seven rebounds, three assists. Al Horford, 19 points for him. He drops four threes, 14 rebounds, two steals. Jason Tatum, not the greatest of games, 13 points. He shot at six of 18 from the field, seven assists, three rebounds, three steals. And then Marcus Smart, also not the greatest of games for him. Uh, nine points, four of 12 from the field, nine assists though, six rebounds, two steals. So, so Golden State gets their fourth title in eight years. So, um, still kind of dynastic there. And then the finals MVP goes to Steph Curry. So, uh, Steph Curry gets the nod for finals MVP and rightfully so with the series that he had. So. So um, that's how things shaped up, which, of course, lends itself to people now making the statements that is Steph Curry now a top 10 player amongst all time NBA players. My thing is. Yeah, yeah. If you want to squeeze him in, that's fine. Um, you got guys like Chris Broussard who took Wilt Chamberlain, of all people, out of the top ten and put Curry in. I wouldn't go that far. Um, and he kind of, uh, behind his reasoning, said that it was impact on winning. Um, the NBA is the NBA. And if you look up and down the record books, Rick, uh, Wilt Chamberlain's name is all over the place. So for me to take him out and put Curry in, I don't know if I can do that. Um, uh, someone else, I think it was Shannon Sharp, he took out Shaq and put in Curry. And his reasoning was Shaq, you know, he was great at everything, but he wasn't as great as he could be. Um, I grant you that. Then, of course, there's the poor free throw shooting. There's that as well. Um, so, you want to go there? Um, uh, I guess you could go there. Um, mainstays in the top ten is always Jordan, LeBron, um, and then you'll have people who take LeBron out of the top 10 and put Curry in instead. I don't know if I do that either. So, um, 
he's I like to broaden it to be honest and say he's definitely amongst the top 15 to play the game because of Curry's impact on the game he's changed the game the way you see three-pointers now it's a weapon um, and that impact has re- reverberated all the way down to uh, the AAU league so um, yeah so his impact on the game cannot be denied so I rather expand it to a top 15 instead of a top 10 and he's definitely in that conversation whatever order you want to put it we can debate that up and down but I prefer to put him in the top 15 Um, you want to put him in the top 10 that's great you're going to have to take a great player off the top 10 in order to put him in so um, and then so we have that argument then we have the case where, um, you know, he he won two without Kevin Durant. So, um, so there's that noise that's going on about Kevin Durant. Um, Curry was able to win with with him leaving. So, um, so this, which kind of diminishes Kevin Durant. So, you want to go there? We could go there. Um, Kevin Durant made a choice. He wanted to go win on a team um, where he was one of the main cogs in the wheel. Um, That's a choice he made. He could have stayed in Golden State. Golden State would have been happy to have him back, but he wanted to do it his way. Go with Kyrie over there. Go with a undependable Kyrie, mind you. Um, You see what's happening with all the uh, going-ons with him now. Um, Kyrie and who has the audacity the unmitigated goal if you will to make trade demands because uh, the Brooklyn Nets are not giddy about giving him a full max look at what you gave them as far as production uh, Kyrie you, you refuse the mandate I mean, not not the mandate. You refuse the vaccination. Okay, fine. You know, again, I've been saying this from the rooftops. A guy who thinks the earth is flat is not going to take a vaccine. So, that's that. Um, so, you thought of only yourself in that regard and not taking the vaccine. And, you know, you, you do those sort of things. You have to deal with the ramifications. New York put, had a mandate where you couldn't play the home games or so forth. He had to wait for a new mayor to come in to lift that. Um, and even even before that, the team acquiesced and said, you know what, well, I think we, we kind of need him, so he'll play the road games. Which doesn't help, didn't help your squad anyway, because you ended up in the seventh seed anyhow. So, um... Yes, yeah, so, and then the bubble year um, in 2000, you, um, you you just couldn't handle things after uh, George Floyd got killed. And you took a hiatus then, and then you took another hiatus where we f- found you at your sister's party, and they had you on tape the whole nine yards. So, um, yeah, so... Um, if the Nets are not giddy about, you know, 
um, giving you that full max, that's because they want guarantees. They want guarantees that you're going to be there. You're going to be all in. And so, then they're not seeing that. And I was actually watching uh, the uh, Odd Couple with, um, actually, Rob Parker was on vacation. So, it was some dude, VJ, somebody or another, with Chris Broussard. And they brought on this Washington um, Post reporter, Michael Lee, and he said it better than I could ever say. And he called him a straight-up narcissist. And I can't disagree with that. The man, the man did it his way. He, and then the practices he would run after Steve Nash would run his. I mean, <coughs> some somebody would say, oh, that's because he wants more, get more practice in. Maybe because he wants to upstage the coach as well. So, but, um, yeah, so... I'm of the mindset, just say, look, this is what we're going to give you. Don't like it? Don't don't opt in. Bet on yourself and, and bounce. And then you see what happens there. So the Nets hold all the cards. So for him to go to them with, with um, you know, a trade demand and these are the teams I want to go to, I'm like, really? Really? Seriously? And all those teams, mind you, don't have the cap space. So what are you doing there? So uh, I think it was the two LA teams, the New York Knicks, who bet not even think of, think it. Um, you know, that would send such a mixed message and a horrible message for them to even cater to the idea of bringing him in. If he can't work work it out with a player who he calls his friend, go to a place he picked, go to a place where he rooted for that team and make that work. You think he's going to come to New York and to the Knicks and everything will be all good? No. So they don't even need to entertain that. Dallas, Dallas don't want, Mark Cuban ain't going for that nonsense. So he he's out. And Miami, Miami's not going for that nonsense. I heard the the same guy I was talking about, the VJ guy, saying he would he would accept the culture in Miami. Would he? Would he really? When he can't even accept what's going on in Brooklyn, would he really buy into what Pat Riley believes in? I don't believe that for one second. So, um, so he's pretty much out of options. Philadelphia? Why would he? Why in the world would he list Philadelphia? When James Harden went running the other way to get away from him. So that that's out. So, um, yeah, so I'm of the mindset, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets management, I'll call this bluff. You opt out and be a free agent and see what happens. I think if he had any sense in his head, which I imagine he might, he should opt in with the player option, opt in, and, you know, sing for a supper this year. Sing for a supper this year. In other words, play your butt off, play 70 games, what have you, and and let the chips fall where they may. Now, the collateral damage in this is Kevin Durant. How would he feel if he was to um, 
not opt in and become a free agent and bounce somewhere else? How would Durant feel? Supposedly he went on his podcast, went on someone's podcast, I don't know if it's his or not, and says he's not going to get involved. Yo, Kevin, you you, you got to get some, you got to get some uh, cojones. This guy asked you to come there and you, I understand you don't want to blast your boy out front, but you got to have some private conversations with him and be like, look, man, yo, you called me over to this Brooklyn team and now you entertaining, you, 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 uh, making googly eyes with LeBron James talking about going to the LA. What you doing here? So, um, I don't know if Kevin Durant will feel the way if he, if his friend goes, but, um, he, he's going to have to man up Kevin, Kevin Durant, man. He's going to have to man up and call this boy to the carpet privately. He don't have to do it publicly. I understand that. I get that. But privately call that boy out and be like, yo, what are you doing? So anyway, so that's my little rant on that. So, um, yeah, so I don't even know how I got on. Oh, yeah, because I was talking about um, uh, Steph Curry not needing uh, Durant to win. So uh, so that seems like that's the case. He didn't need him. They got a nice culture over there. Big ups to Steve Kerr for winning his fourth championship. Um, he, he, you know, um, a lot of people still want to give credit to Mark Jackson. I Fine, I understand that, I get it, but um, this team, he did it with a, not 100% Clay Thompson, by the way. So I think with a full training camp to train and get himself together, I think this team can even be more dangerous next year. But give Steve Kerr his flowers, his due, and so forth, because winning a championship isn't easy. It is not easy at all, and he got his team in a position to do so, and so he deserves credit for that. So, all right, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Next time you hear from me, I'll talk some WNBA. WNBA, some exciting things are going on. Um, just got news of something else that I'll have to add to the mix. So, exciting stuff is happening, guys, in the WNBA. So, I'll break that down. So, once again, I thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Pod Chaser, just to name a few. And also, you can find me on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, 
Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe.